0: What I, so, on the budget side, maintenance. I know we talked about maintenance. One of the first things we talked about, we used to travel the old police department. We had the most expensive um, people changing light bulbs. I believe it was two lieutenants changing light bulbs and in uh, spending an hour sp- changing all these light bulbs on the third floor and whatnot. I know we put someone in place. How's that, has that been working out? Do we have a custodian in place that's taking care of the issues on a day to day basis? So, the- we, so there's, there's a couple of things. Though. We have a cust- new custodial service out there. And, uh, and uh, Brenda, the woman cleaner, is phenomenal. It's, okay. it's better than I've ever seen. Uh, right. and of course, we have a brand new building, and sometimes it makes that easier, but it's a much larger building. And she, she does a phenomenal job. And I, I, I give nothing but kudos for, for that company and doing that. Okay. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of transition for you know, so Sergeant like, we're getting to, we have to know the building also, right? And so there's a lot of learning. In a couple of months, we've still got companies teaching us about the HVAC system, right? right. Which because it's so complicated. Well, that's my I next question. We hope that this facilities uh, person that we that's added to this budget, I, I would hope that person's going to take uh, much of that responsibility. Is that correct? So I know that. The chief of staff nodded not a jest so I wanted to make sure because that's one of the questions we had back when the police station opened some of the equipment is so you have to be specialized and having a, a a smart detective that can read a read a manual just it's not fair and it just shouldn't cut it so I'm glad to see we're doing that the other thing that I know council Marks mentioned was the uh the communications I know that there was some horrifying stories we heard that we had officers in West Medford calling for assistance, and they were in a tough spot, so it wouldn't go through. Has that been corrected since the new every, the new station and the new tower was put in? Absolutely. So Good. we have all new radio equipment that I touch base on, which is not just the portable radios, but I mean, we have a new tower, right? We right. Mean, we've added uh, fiber optics up to North Medford, right? And so rather than just, do, say, microwaves, we've actually put the fiber optics up there, because yeah. even though it's at the top of the hills in a little bit of the valley, and, and right. radio signals can get mixed. If that has been repaired. We can now reach West Medford. We have a new radio, uh, you know, receiver and antenna at uh, Tufts University, Cabot Hall. So our communications is, is, is better than I think it's ever in the history of the police department. And working well. Okay, that's 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 perfect. Now, last thing. Um, I don't. I haven't seen the police, the school budget, but some of the constituents, some of our constituents, reached out to me and said, George, can you bring up the question that the fear of losing. A resource officer at the high school or losing our community policing um, is that something that has been entertained or I hope it wouldn't be but um, what are we are we on track still having that vital piece in the school system yep we still have uh, community policing officers in the city uh, of okay. under police reform and actually even before that two thousand and eighteen Criminal Justice Reform Act that was passed back there. There so were a lot of changes made to school resource offices where the superintendents of school actually have a bigger say in, in, in the school resource offices. And uh, the superintendent of schools, uh, uh, Dr. Edward Vincent, is a very positive and strong partner with the Bedford Police Department. And that will continue. And not only that, is one of the things that was modified when I came in was the um, uh, PALS program, right? To replace the DS and, right. and get into. Meeting and reading to kids in, in kindergarten and, uh, and, and other grade levels, and interacting with the kids in high school, and you know going before them and, and speaking them sort of about leadership and emotional learning and that sort of stuff. We intend to continue that project and talk to the schools just recently. Mm-hmm. We're meeting regularly on that to get that up and running again for the next school year. Um, Perfect. But when when a lot of this uh, information about school resource officers came out, and there's a history about police being involved in discipline, etc. Since 2018, by law, we've been precluded by, from getting involved in any sort, sort of discipline. And that's pre-police reform. So okay. um, we, don't, we don't get involved in, in that sort of thing. And that's one of the major concerns that most people in the public. have. Okay. Now, the bigger piece is that uh, I remember a few years back in the last administration, the, co- the goal and the hope was maybe having, building the uh, force to our street offices at 85, and what I'm hearing today, it sounds great, 112, but then we're also talking about these retirements and it's frightening. Is, is it, is it the cost? Is it the capacity at academies? Is this something we can do or con- collaboration can do to try to form our own academy to, cause I'd like to see us jump ahead, chief, instead of doing 10 look to do 25 offices and maybe that's tough too in today's, today's uh, hiring process, but I'm looking at, you know, how do we get ahead? Because, um, it's, it seems like it's as much as we want it to go forward, it still trickles back. Yeah. So. so, you know, you know so it's, it's not so much the cost. If you, if you fund it 112, then the cost is there, right? Um, and we have funding for police academies. I mean, academies across the state over the last year, we would have been able to put police officers in high, but we, we couldn't. We had no police academies. To put people in. And it just happened to coincide with a, with a year uh, where a lot of police officers were leaving. And, and for both, some on their own terms, and some just because they were aging out, right. So at 65 years old, we have to retire before we right So it was sort of like the perfect storm hit with with a lot of this. Now we're we upped our game and really pushing to hire a lot of officers right now, and we're going to continue. We're looking at another September Academy to sort of get these things. Uh, get these new officers going and, and get them to the academy. It's just step by step, academy, academy, and hoping that the state provides enough police academies, which they are committing to do for us, uh, because they were not able to do that And in, in the of since. That's good. So we expect to get, despite these retirements, and it does take. It's probably a year from starting the process to hire somebody to get them out in the street on the wall. So yeah, there, there'll be some growth, but this this is a good. Good stuff. Start, right, to get all that money and funding and then get these police officers going. All right, so again, believe me, Chief, I know that we all have to do work to, to make improvements and the police department isn't shy about doing that. I think you more than anyone in this community have stepped forward and taken ownership and the lead in some very tough decisions and, um, and following the reform and looking to make changes. To make sure everybody in the community feels like they're being listened to, but like I said, I just don't want um, anybody to believe that the oppositions are something that uh, should be bypassed or, or thought of as some um, you know easy. Wake up, go to work, and come back home every day. Because that's not true. We can talk to the officers from from Worcester and and uh, their families. So. Again, I thank you, and that's all my questions.
1: Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, thank you, Chief. Thank you all for being here tonight, um, answering our, our questions. I know it could be, at least you're not standing up, right? <laughs> <That's
0: true.
1: laughs> and at least it's not a five-hour hearing. You're not, you're not, five <laughs> yet. Um, <laughs> not yet. We only get to four, right? So I have a few questions, and I, I just want to preface out that um, I think when we're talking about the improvements we need to make and the changes we need to make and the, and the way we need to build or rebuild or create new relationships between the people in our community and our police department, we can talk about the rhetoric, we can talk about the national conversation, we can talk about all that. But what we really need to do, and I know you're a student of history, let look at our history, look at the facts, look at the evidence, figure out what outcomes we want to achieve and then build something that can achieve those outcomes. And I think another thing that, and I've appreciated, you know, you've said it, you've written it, you've repeated it many times. We're asking you to be a catch-all. We're asking you to catch every problem, some of them incredibly difficult and incredibly painful for officers to experience and interact with. Um, And I think for me, the outcome we want to achieve is to reduce that reduce the pain, reduce the situations that uh, we're sending officers into that that create these long-term impacts. So that's where I come from on this um, overall, and then that's how I approach the issue. So my first question is around, you know, I think the biggest piece in this budget is the increase in the patrol officers, and we've talked about that uh, pretty significantly. Um, And I was just wondering, when we look at staffing levels for the department, you know what are the outcomes um, or metrics that we use to say this is how many patrol officers we have or this is how many supervisors they're going to need and then and then how does that create that number at the end that we that we're asking for in a budget uh
0: well, this is gonna be a, you could get a long answer on this but essentially it, it's ship work you know we're there seven days a week it's 24 hours a day 365 days a year you know you get a cheap who can only be there for some amount of hours and my captains run both the operations command the administration of the police department and then uh, a professional standard side but you can't just put a staff of patrol officers out there uh you know three separate ships and not provide supervision for them yep. and, and, and so leadership so they're all divided mostly into uh, majority of my police officers are on to three ships a day seven days a week with supervisors then i have an investigation status on, uh, under the detective center, which provides family services and everything but it's it's a it's volume right, of work and, and I, I this is, the metrics is essentially you know what we've learned over time with my reduced numbers now uh, you know both my patrol unit division and my detectives uh, investigation divisions are overwhelmed and worked right? so you know you need more simply by that right and so I can calculate numbers I mean if you told me I had 500 offices tomorrow I' would put them all to work but you calculate them based on how we can provide effective services to the city right and that comes there's a certain number of patrol officers per ship that we want to make sure we're staffed because if we don't one it's a public safety issue for the police officers and two it's a response level for the city so in patrol at least we have like what we call minimum manning right? and so they're staffed up at those levels right but hopefully that's somewhat of an answer no that, that's helpful and i guess just
1: to, how can we quantify it you know is it is it maintaining a certain response time maintaining a certain clearance rate maintaining a certain you know you said minimum Manning is that about how quickly someone can get from one part of the city to the other? If there's support that's needed.
0: Well, again, a difficult question. You can quantify it by any sort of statistic as far as response time, a number of. I mean, I, I can give you the statistics on how many calls for service we do, how many calls of nine hundred one we answer, and all that sort. You take numbers of, of calls and number of police officers to quantify but what you can't really quantify with the staff is how comfortable uh, and how safe your community feels, right? What right. Your, your, your community members see out there on a daily basis. And, you know, it's it's been a tough year plus, but I still believe that the people of the city of Memphis would love to see the police officers out there. They want to see us out there, and they want to see us in there. And that's not something that can I can give you in a chart and, and quantify a measure. A uh, number of uh, councils tonight talked about, you know, community and a safe community, but you got to know the police officers are out there. If I go out there and tell you that I'm reducing my patrol staff by 50% tomorrow or 10% or whatever the numbers are going to be. The community's not going to feel as safe. You know, maybe some, maybe some are. Maybe some will tell you that they are. So there's, 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 different parts. It's, it's, it's not just crime. It's fear of crime, right? It's not just disorder. It's, it's, um, it's the belief that disorder won't happen, right? That, that you can get out of your car, that's parked in Memphis Square and maybe walk to dinner or something. And not worry about, uh, you know, Anything happening in the safe neighborhood? So um, our numbers at, at 112 are, are, are very comfortable. Uh, they have been higher at times in the, in the history of the Metro Police Department, uh, but at that number, we can provide additional services. Like, you know, it's we can increase our traffic unit, and we can increase our community our, uh, policing units, our health and human services, and, and, and a number of different avenues. So. Uh, it works, I and mean, I believe it works so from, from a management perspective, I that that's the number that we can kind of carry forward do an effective job for the citizens.
1: Got it. So um, you mentioned the social worker grant that you're hoping to receive. Yep. Um, and I think that actually, you know, well, first, I'm just wondering, what, what relationship do you envision that uh, employee having with social workers here at the Board of Health, people
0: working in prevention and outreach here at City Hall? To, we're working hand in hand with the Office of Prevention and Outreach uh, very closely. Um, I, I give the Health Department Office of Prevention and Outreach uh, you know, huge uh, credit and kudos for being involved with this police department. Um, in one large sense, we, we wrote the grant together. We're pushing for this. Uh, you know, I, I, there's no question that the uh, the advancement of, of, of policing and care for society is to include, again, it's not just social workers. That's sort of, be, it helps with social workers, right? But we need we need mental health facilities and we need doctors and we need veteran services and we need homeless services. There's a whole lot more to do it. Um, and so this is just a start. And we're hoping to get a, a qualified uh, social worker. We still use the social workers from Office of Prevention and Outreach uh, to do follow-ups on uh, substance use disorder calls. And um, we have a, we had <laughs> she just left for another another job uh, through the city, a um, uh, jail diversion grant that was working closely through the court. So we expect to fill that. And that's all through the Office of Prevention and Outreach, uh, uh, you know, sort of helping us and administering and getting us through. This social work we're talking about is working full time in the police department and not just to be closer with us as to buzz or what's happening. And hey, listen, rather than sending, you know, two detectives out to follow up on this call, can we provide for additional mental health services? So we responded initially as a police department. We realized that the next best step would be getting government, uh, maybe services in there, or elder services, and some other service that, that, that's in there, with the long-term hope of you know uh, some sort of co right, on certain costs. And we have to develop that together. I don't really know what social workers do and what they're taught, I and mean, so we're going to sort of the idea is envisioned to train each other, teach each other, educate each other you know, when that goes forward.
1: Yeah, that's that's helpful, and I think. Um... You know, on all sides of, of policing today, we get caught in an either or, and I think you just explained how it's an and. And I think, you know, to be frank, and just with respect to my fellow counselors, we have to do new things. There are new approaches to emergency response. There are approaches to emergency response that have existed for many years in different communities across the country that help us address these specific challenges. I think mental health, especially, we look at that and, you know, I I hear you when we say we have to look at the state, we have to look at the federal government. I think I'm the one maybe who's loudest here about how municipalities and municipal finance has been left behind. Uh, And, you know, it's really tough to be a city in Massachusetts under the rules that the state has provided. You know, you look at DPW, I was talking to Larry LaPore, who's not here today, but our city messenger, when he was younger, there were 150 people in DPW. That's what this municipal government looked like before Prop Two and a Half. So I hear that, and I agree we need to advocate with the state and federal government, but I also think it's important to think, what can we do here, and what can we do now, and what can we do together to say, what does emergency response look like? Is there a model of co-response or alternative response when we're talking about a mental health crisis, when we're talking about having someone with that training to go out there? Um, And I think we can't have that conversation in silos, It has to be a conversation between all of the people who are doing the emergency response work for the city right now, but I don't think it's a conversation that we can cut off, and and to be honest, I think, you know, the more we get into the position of this is how we do it, this is how it's been done, and this is how we have to keep doing it, we're not going to have the conversation that brings people together across the divisions that we have around the politics of policing, um, and find an answer that does make people safe, so you know, I appreciate that you are doing some of that and as much as you can with the limited resources that you have. Um, you.
0: And, and just, just to comment on that, I think you'll find, and, and it may surprise some people, but there, there are a lot of police officers, police chiefs who, who, who actually you know, want additional services, right? We want to be able to have better mental health services and, and, and uh, avenues for the police to be able to to uh, uh, divert uh, you know, care to, to our community members. Um, the, the the concept of just turning around and saying, hey, July 1st, you no longer have, you know, $1.5 million in their budget. No, by the way, we're going to go try to create a social, you know, um, social response to the community. It, it, it's just, what are you going to do in the meantime? And What do you do when you're learning how to do that, right? And I'll give you statistics, which is sort of astounded me. Uh, we do a lot of our trainings. That, uh, some of the police department has a, uh, community, uh, they do a lot of crisis intervention training, and uh, there's an instructor over there who uh, I took a crisis intervention for chiefs. I had my captains take it, right, and so sort of the leadership part. And she asked a question. They did statistics on the responses to uh, mental health services. Two thirds of all the calls for mental health services from the city of Salt Police Department were called in by. My guess it was immediately family members, right? You would think the man of them. No, two thirds of all calls for police to the police for mental health services came from mental health providers themselves. Okay? Right? So putting just mental health providers, just social workers out there is not going to eliminate the demand and the need for police departments, right? Um, we need relief, we need help, we need assistance. Um, I don't I don't envision yet being able to create, uh, although it is a utopia that would really work and help. We are way behind on care for our mental health and care for our substance use disorder patients and care for our veterans and care for our homeless. And and, and not just this state, but in the country, we're way behind for that. So we absolutely beg for sort of relief from that sort of thing. But at three o'clock in the morning, I don't know of any of these places that are open. Right. I I don't know anyone who's there. I don't know anyone who's who's going to do that. And and quite frankly, uh, you know, uh, I just don't see how you're going to eliminate the police department in place of these services. We can get better at what we're doing. There's no police department that is saying that they can't do that. A lot has been thrust upon us. A lot. And you know what? It was thrust upon us without funding, without training initially. And we did it all ourselves. Because the state certainly isn't as responsive as they should be. We learned to do it ourselves. We got better at it. Sometimes we made mistakes, sometimes we built, but we didn't. And now we're learning how to invest in rural police officers to get the training to do this. And so we want the assistance of social workers, we want the assistance of veteran services, we want the assistance of the four out there to to be able to provide them. but we have to do it together.
1: Yeah, and I hear that. And I mean I guess my point point, what I'm trying to say is if we don't work together to come up with a plan to address these things, that divide's gonna get further apart, right? And you're going to have more people coming in with the, the demand. We have to do this now. The line has been drawn, you know. And that's where we end up with what you just said, which is then we are, you know, we don't know what to do next. Correct.
0: Right? I think I've been wide open talking to all community, all groups in this community, listening to the agree with, with a lot of, on both sides. I know people find us out to believe, but I absolutely am so apolitical. Like, I don't take sides in anyone's politics. I don't believe my position should be political it's not I'll listen to anyone and have a conversation and I learn from every single person but there are some people out there and they are a minority who just want me to go away that's not a conversation that that like okay I don't believe in that I've dedicated my life and I've got a hundred plus other police officers who've dedicated their life to do good for this community we believe in what we're doing They're telling us to go away I mean, it's just not sort of feasible, and, and, but yeah, I'll have a conversation with anybody.
1: No, and I, I hear that. So, you know, I'm not saying it's on you to facilitate the conversation in general. And, you know, some of the statistics I was surprised by, and I think it illustrates your point is, you know, I think police, fire and uh, DPW are around, you know, seven, eight percent of the city budget each or something like that. Social service two percent. So, you know, that match isn't there to be the support. So. The question is, how do we, if the outcome is we wanted that to be different, how do we get there, right? And so that's the conversation I'm hoping um, not just we can have here, but we can have as a city led by the person who's, you know, in charge of your department as well, the mayor, um, going forward. I do have a difficult question, um, and it's just coming from experience that I've had. Uh, I've spoken to 25, 30 residents um, who've called me and said, you know, I had an issue, I reached out to the police, um, I didn't feel treated well. And then I've had some of those be residents of color who said that they felt they were treated differently engaging with the police department. And I'm just wondering, you know, what's the process for addressing these incidents internally? How can I, as a city official who might hear this from someone who feels
0: comfortable saying it to me, how can I work
1: to, uh, to work through something like
0: that? Yeah. So very, very important. Right? I want to know all of those instances, right? And I keep hearing people say, "Oh, I got this complaint to some point, and then I don't get told about it, right? So we can't address issues if we're not told about it. So, you know, as a, as a city official, you can call me at any time, send me an email, we'll reach out and talk. Uh, for the members of the community out there, we are wide open to addressing every single issue. We we look into everything and in every complaint. We want to do a better job. In some sense, we're uh, you know this is about uh, customer service, right? And I don't want to hear those stories. And, and I will to bet you all of my police officers don't want to hear those stories, right? And so uh, those types of stories. So we are, and we can't do better when it comes to those things. Um, and, you know, we take them on a case-by-case basis, but wholeheartedly come to the police department and let us know. Right,
1: right? and say, so, so, and I appreciate that. And, um, you know, some residents say, please don't <laughs> take this to this level. And to be honest, sometimes they don't want to do it. And sometimes they're afraid of what might happen. Um, we can't know, get better if we
0: don't know where we're going.
1: Right. right. And, and that's what I, you know, kind of what I was getting at is, I if I call you, say something to you, how, how would that, you know, what would the outcome be? What, what would something look like? You know, would you say we've had a conversation or we, we've looked into it? Um, you know, um, how would you come back to me after I said something to you?
0: Because uh, this would go so many different ways, but I, most most importantly, I think I would try to arrange for a conversation with with, with the parties, right? Not, yeah. I mean, I appreciate as as a senior leader you bring it forward, but I want to hear from the source. I want to talk to the individual who had a, a, a poor experience with the police officer, or wasn't satisfied with what happened, and then develop it. There. If it's officer misconduct, we investigate it. If it's just a misunderstanding, we explain. It. Um, and but you know we are a community oriented police department. We want to talk to a, a, a constituents. just because somebody wants to complain about the police department, doesn't mean we won't listen to them. Or talk to them. So we are there for it. Great,
1: thank you. And then last question. Um, I think uh, several counselors referenced a presentation that we had from you all a few months ago around the data uh, that's coming out and all the new data work that the department is doing. Um, and I was just wondering uh, if for, you know, future iterations of that report, um, Do you have any plans to kind of build out some of the categorizations of for example um you know you talked about all the calls that you received uh this past year um being able to categorize that to say you know this was a mental health call this was a a dispute between neighbors you know that kind of thing so that we can kind of see what the department is responding to on a day-to-day basis
0: um I thought to some extent that that was done in that booklet. I mean, we have mental health calls outlined in there. We have disordered calls, you know, placed and that sort of thing. Uh, one of the things we're, we're trying to improve on is our statistics, right, and in, in our presentation. Um, it, you know, that booklet there represented a, a big change for the police department. Put it, but we plan to uh, improve over the years and, and keep those things going. And uh, But, you know, it, it comes with a lot of allows, right a lot of time to put into it and, and we you know statistics is output right if you don't have good input you don't have good output so we're learning to gather more data and and, and produce better reports so in time you're going to see more of a breakdown but um, i think to some extent all of you know most of what you're talking about was was in that report um, uh, you know, I, don't, I don't i don't have it to go through it all that right now or know do i think it is but you know, let's. I'll go through it, and, and uh, let's let's have a cup of coffee. We'll go through what you think should be approved and I'll take advice and, uh, from anybody if, if it makes the it, if it makes that the police department look better, providing the information that you feel that the community needs. We're all for it.
1: Great. And then my last thing. I know I said that was the last one, but then I remembered one more. Uh, was around um, the body cameras. You know, that's a lot of footage to be reviewing. You know, would you be and I, you know, that takes time as well, and then there's costs that related to that. Would you be reviewing all of the footage from body cameras, um, or only, you know, what? What are the circumstances where you would be reviewing that? And what do you think the total estimated cost of just like storing and reviewing that data might be on an annual basis?
0: Well, I know the five year cost for everything is about three hundred thirty thousand dollars, right? Okay. And so that, that's sort of the package of and how much is invested into technology and pushback and uh, The way the body camera technology is, it's, it's uh, Officers will, you know, when you turn your camera or you're on and you flag your cameras, those sort of things get, get um, um, uh, stored and brought to you. So you're not storing 24 hours of video for every police or 8 hours of video per shift, 24 hours a day of every sort of police officer, right? It, 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 it's just incidences where they interact. Now, our policy isn't done and isn't complete yet, right? Because we're still in the process of trying to get to. Um, but, you know, the question of will we review every single camera? Uh, an eight-hour shift there's no one in the room it's not possible right but having that data and storing that data for when a complaint comes in or when something comes in then we we'll go back and review it. Uh, there's a huge value in it huge value in it, both for the police officer
1: and for the community and that's just another question I, I keep bringing up points um that I, I just want to ask one more question about um which is you know how long Will that data be stored you know is it stored for a year five years um,
0: if, you know just
1: yeah. it's a good question
0: I don't have that answer but, but yeah. in some cases it would be indefinite right depending on the, on the, on the situation right it will work that policy out uh, at our next stage step to but naturally you know like major instances we will keep for for a long period of time some of it could go several years if it's involved in you know criminal prosecution stuff right but yeah.
1: And, and I noticed there's a professional services line item for data. Um, as part of those contracts, do you have, um, or I assume they're contracts, it's yep. professional services data processing. It's going from 42000 to
2: 84000 Yep. We can find
0: some of it. Yeah. So that's a little budget sort of, uh, I was going to call it modification, but it's just cleanup. If you look down at, at the... Um, 5857 uh, communications, which last year was funded for $38,000. Yep. Uh, that's, We're just combining that with professional services to bring us up with a few more. Um, under that professional uh, services data, it, it is pretty much all contracts, right? It's our contract for uh, Cybercom, for Cardinal P, Carbonite, uh, Delphi. I mean, this all everything is just software everything is computer related right Mm -hmm. and so uh that's why we just put it all it's it's similar so we put it all together into one line item but it it, it's i think it might be uh two or three thousand dollar increase but essentially it's just two line items combined to handle the same
1: issue and just for that you know when you make a contract with a software company or whatever it is is there a clause in the contract that protects that data make sure it stays in the ownership of the department
0: isn't being shared you know with private companies or something like that. So in, in contracts that I have entered, we have made sure that that is, that is the case. Great,
3: I'm good, thank you. And no more last questions. <laughs> Councilor Morales, one last question and then we'll start with the numbers uh, with Chief.
4: Thank you, Mr. President. Chief, I think I may have asked you this exact same question last year. Um, is all, all of the fleet completely gas powered? Yes. Is there any, I, and I know, um, I know partly because these vehicles are running essentially 24 hours a day, um, it is challenging to get hybrid or electric vehicles that can do the same work. But also because they're running 24 hours a day, you know, there's carbon emissions 24 hours a day. Is there any um, improvement in that area? Are you guys looking in that way as far as replacements, as far as hybrids or electric vehicles at some point?
0: Since our last, even during our last purchase, it was conversations with. Um... Uh, with the city and getting electric vehicles in there and some of the obstacles that we've got. Uh, you know, obviously we have to charge vehicles and we have to have charging stations at the police station and you know, we can't drive around and look for them and get those cars sort of going. The conversation is out there. Um, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that we do at some point in time invest in electric vehicles. They are more expensive, but of course, you know, so that's for that's to the outright purchase, but you're not spending the gas and and, and so the repair. So it, it's on the horizon, uh, but I, I don't know that I can it to you that, that it's going to happen this year, uh, there's a lot to go into it. And again, like you, and you pointed out the, the biggest mm-hmm. obstacle is how
3: do we keep them running, like, you know, in like 24 hours?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: So,
3: but yeah, okay. it's still there.
4: Great, thank you.
3: All right, if we can turn to page 149 in the book, we can actually start the, the numbers not changing, Chief. And I personally I want to thank you and the, the men and women can have an outstanding job. You're like you said, you're there at three in the morning, you answer the call. Wind, rain, snow, you better at the post office. You're, you're there every day. Thank you very much. All okay, right. I, I, I just, just just can I just please say that? It's, it's not me, okay, for it's, it, it's, it's the, it's the, the, it's the men and run women who come out, they do an outstanding job. All right. So on page 149, uh, salaries, permanence, um, fiscal uh, 21, actual 4,481,196. Uh, Council, uh, I've All right, twenty one is the actuals. Okay, just just the FY twenty two budgeted number. All right, Chief. Okay, uh, fiscal twenty two budget eight million six hundred eighty six nine hundred fifty thousand. It's a uh, it's up six percent from last year. Yes, that
0: is a combination of uh, ten new police, uh, 10, uh, uh, ten ten police officers coming in uh, that were not in the budget as of last year plus. The addition of negotiated salaries, benefits, and
3: through labor contracts. Uh, salaries, wages, permanent, full-time. Um, fiscal 2022 budget: uh, 789,817 dollars. That's a 12.9 percent increase. Yep. That includes, uh, you
0: know, 13 uh, dispatches and one dispatch supervisor, which was not in the budget from last year.
3: Okay. Uh, clerical wages and clerical. Uh, two hundred fifty-six thousand nine twelve. Uh, thirty-eight point nine percent increase.
0: Uh, that uh,
3: that includes
0: last year's budget and wages, clerical. We had our crime analyst was in under other salaries, and now they're moved down into this one too. So. Okay,
3: uh, salaries permanent. Uh, uh, last year it was forty-eight thousand. Uh, this year it's uh, zero. Of, okay yeah.
0: and those are our two part times mr president, uh, point of wages of for, the ma-
3: for the matron
4: point of procedure or uh, mr. president sorry, uh, I don't know if my fellow counselors agree um, I don't know if it just makes more sense if, if counselors have specific line items they want to raise that they take issue with that we can get more detail on just in the interest of time and efficiency I don't know if my fellow counselors agree
3: well we, we said we were going to do a line by line item this year so. I don't think we have to stall each one Okay, well, if they, a the okay. Um, yeah. 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 So wages, wages for the major in $13,000, same as last year. Uh, overtime offices uh, uh, $1,248,000. Uh, no increase in last uh, overtime, uh, 000, uh, from last year. Civilian overtime $80,000. seventy-eight percent, 77.8% from last year. Uh, overtime training, uh, $240,000, same as last year. Uh, court time, uh, $60,000, 20% less than last year. Uh, stipends for tech services, um, $58,942, half a percent change. Uh, stipends, $50. Uh, stipends for weapons, sixty-one six thousand, no change. Uh, stipend DMT, no change. Uh, differential uh, nineteen thousand two hundred dollars no change. Uh, differential three hundred eighty three thousand six hundred forty dollars two percent change. Uh, fringe out of grade uh, fifteen thousand dollars no change. Uh, hazard duty two hundred ten thousand dollars no change. Uh, fringe for the holidays five hundred ninety two thousand eight hundred seventy two seven point eight percent change. Uh, fringe longevity. 21,425, no change. Uh, Fringe education incentive, 1,173,982, 3.3% change. Uh, Fringe sick buyback, um, $59,150, 60.3% change. Uh, Fringe sick time leave incentive, $25,000, no change range benefits to employees, uh, $35,000, 75% increase. Uh, total personal expenses, Fourteen million zero three three zero four four uh, dollars up 5.7%. Okay, going on to page 151. Um, repair maintenance office equipment, $9,000, no change. Uh repair of maintenance of vehicles, uh twenty-five thousand down eighty percent from last year. Well, Repairs maintenance, maintenance to the a, sorry, I the think it's more of a question for Alicia. Alicia, uh, repair and the maintenance of vehicles, um, uh hundred and thirty thousand to twenty-five thousand this year. I'm assuming this is um the, for the house? vehicles that was uh, transferred to the DPW.
5: Um, so I'm also assuming that where this is a $105,000 reduction from last year, that we would see that $105,000 increase in the DPW said, or is uh, the figure not quite um, doll for doll?
6: That's correct. So all fleet maintenance and utilities has gone over to the DPW division.
5: Okay. And would we be seeing um, the same level of investment for both police and uh, fire, fire equipment over there um, that was included in the FY21 budget? Just to show correct. There's so
3: there's no reduction overall?
6: No reduction overall, just transferring it over to the DPW. Excellent,
3: thank you. Thank you. Okay, radios, maintenance, and communication equipment $66,042, uh, 120% increase. Building repairs, uh, zero, 100% decrease from last year. We have a brand new building. Custodial services, uh, zero uh, from last year. Professional training service, $50,000, no change. Uh, Academy tuition, uh, $80,000, 540% increase. Professional services, data processing, $84,000, 100% increase. Professional data tech services, data processing. On that, Mr. President, why such a large increase on the data processing? Again, and not to just get
0: confused. so that's 5306, that is combined with... um, if you look down below, we have a $38,000 line item under uh, communications equipment and capital. So we zero that out. They essentially do the same thing. Okay.
3: So we just make them one line item, combine the, combine the funds. So okay. Telephone, $65,000, no change. Advertising, uh, zero this year, 100% different from last year. Printing, $9,000, no change from last year. Postage, $2,000, no change. Professional service administration, uh, ten thousand dollars 12% change. Other services, photo, uh, $1,000, no change from last year. Laundry services, $1,000, no change. Utilities, uh, zero versus $105,000 last year, 100% uh, change. Office supplies. Alicia, can you give us an update on the utilities?
6: Yes, so the utilities are transferred over to the facilities division of the DPW.
3: Okay. All right, Uh, office supplies, uh, $14,350, no change. Uh, Building repair supplies, uh, $1,000, no change from last year. Custodial supplies, uh, zero this year, uh, 100% less from last year, which was $5,000. Uh, vehicle supplies, gas, and oil, uh, zero. Councilor Balco. Quick question. On those last two uh, line items, custodial supplies and vehicle supplies, gas, oil,
4: that's all to the DPW now? Uh,
0: custodial supplies to facilities maintenance,
4: okay. to, uh, um,
3: gas and oil to DPW. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Uh, vehicle supplies under $84,000, no change. Uh, food supplies, twenty, twenty, twenty-four hundred dollars no change. Uh public safety supplies, uh, thirty thousand dollars, one hundred percent difference. Mr. Uniform President, clothing reimbursement.
4: On that on that line I have the increase, uh the one it's goes up hundred percent public safety supplies. What is that? Public market? safety
3: supplies.
0: Uh, one it was probably drastically underfunded for, for many years, but two, uh, the cost of ammunition and uh, okay, training is just through the roof. Perfect. Thank you.
3: Okay. Uh, uniform uh, clothing reimbursement. $76,000, no, no change. K9 uh, supplies, $10,000, uh, down 16.7%. Uh, water cooler, $4,000, up 33%. Awards, uh, trophies, and badges, $2,000, up 100%. Other supplies, uh, $4,000, no change. Dues and conferences, uh, $8,000, no change. Uh, Subscription publications, $750, no change. Uh, Total, ordinary expenses, uh, $643,622, less 27.3%. Okay, capital, Uh, professional technical services, medical, $90,000, no change. Uh, Contingency, uh, $3,000, no change. Vehicles, $3,000, zero this year, 100% less than last year communication equipment uh, zero this year total capital expenditures hundred thirty two thousand five hundred dollars total for the police budget is 14 million eight oh nine one six two which is a three point three percent increase uh, so which so that's I think that's it uh, councillor Marks.
7: Uh, do we have a, a round number of uh, how much from this budget is actually found in other budgets?
3: Alicia?
6: Uh, we can get that data for you because we did carve out, out of several departments, as I said, um, the fleet, like their gas and oil, instead of us doing journal entries in finance, it's all going to get charged to DPW division. Utilities would all go to the DPW division, but we can get you a uh, breakdown of how that was broken down.
7: Right, so, so, so eventually, are we not gonna see these line items because they're gonna be zeroed out? So next year's group? They'll be in the DPW. Right, so, so how, how do we truly track what each department is actually using? If eventually these line items are gonna go away and these costs will be hidden somewhere else. And when I say hidden, I don't mean that in a bad manner. I just mean that we don't know the true cost of operating the department if these funds now are transferred in other areas.
6: It's still gonna be the same overall. I mean, historically, the costs have stayed about the same. It's just instead of them submitting and reimbursing the DPW, the DPW is just going to pay it straight out. It actually saving time and effort because what we were doing was we were booking entries every single time and they were budgeting about the same every year.
7: So right. I, I, I understand that. But I, from from my standpoint when you look at the budget now and you're saying the total budget was 14,809,162 that's not the total police budget the total police budget uh is 14 million or closer to 15 million some odd dollars right so somehow it'd be nice to have an accounting so we can see what their total actual budget is
2: You'll see that when we get to the
6: DPW, um, Councilor Marks, you will see that we did break out the lines for the, for the public safety on their funding within the DPW division.
7: Right. right, but if I'm looking through the book, I have to go through each line and match it up to where it belongs. There's got to be a better way. Maybe if we have a, a, a brief snapshot at the beginning of the budget to show where lines are transferred from, where they originated and where they're transferred, I think it's helpful. I don't know if my colleagues would find that helpful, but, uh, you know, eventually you can have a budget that doesn't reflect at all what the actual cost is to run the department because it's buried everywhere else in the budget. Um, and I, I think it's extremely difficult to, to, to uh, at least from our standpoint, where we approve this, uh, to be the approving authority if uh, that information is not at our fingertips.
6: I think it just it, the reason for it was for efficiency purposes having some one division for facilities taking care of facilities looking at all the utilities for those facilities putting it all under one umbrella so that it's done properly. That was the reasoning but we are more than happy to give you a breakdown of how we did it.
7: All right. so so would it be difficult for for instance, uh, if you look at custodial supplies, would it be difficult to leave that budget line item and then put. You know, a, a negative in there, whatever the dollar amount would be, it's, you know, in this case, it's 5000 Put a negative in there and then right below it, right, transfer it to DPW. Uh,
6: I wouldn't want to show negatives. I don't think it makes sense to show negatives in the budget, but I would, I think we could put notes. We could definitely notate
7: uh, what we did. I, I think if my colleagues don't find that hard. I think it's helpful looking at it. Uh, because to me when I look at these items I'm like wait how can you not have maintenance and I understand what you're doing but it, it just it, it makes it more difficult to look at it and especially over the next few years these lines will be gone altogether, and you don't know really the cost, cost of so, operating heard, a budget. You know. sorry
6: to interrupt you Counselor uh, Marks at that point we, we would have somebody on staff that's actually doing the maintenance, tracking the maintenance, giving a much better breakdown and analysis of the maintenance which we are not getting now and that's that's what we're working towards.
1: Mr. President, if I may. Councilor Biss. Um, to Councilor Marks's point, I think if, after several years, it might be difficult to track and trace along the line, but if every year you had a list of these are, whether it's within each each department or somewhere at the front of the list, it said these are the line items that were here and have now been shifted to here then at least we would have a list, we could go back to this budget and say, this is the year that the facilities and maintenance was transferred from police to the facilities department. I don't disagree with that. I think that would be good. I think if we're trying to go six years from now and say, this should really be here, I think that might get a little bit more complicated, but at least if we had a list
7: that right. would S- Similar to the year-end transfers that we do. We get sure. a list that goes from this line item to this line item. So if we can get something similar to what Councilor Beers just mentioned, uh, like we do, uh, Alicia, that you know the, the line item transfers, that may be
5: helpful too. Yep,
6: we'll, we'll deliver a, a summary for you.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Um, on that point, Mr. President? Vice uh, President I, I think it would also be important um, when we take a look at the facilities budget um, that it, there's a breakdown, you know, in police department, utility, fire department, utility, high school, utility. If anything that's getting shifted in there should be noted what department. It correlates with as well, so not only in the beginning, but in the line item right. breakdown. Oh, um, that's
7: so, excellent. But so it'd be hard be for me fun. to go try to
5: pick that up. Yeah, you right. Exactly. So if you look at you know, now anyway. we have the budget for facilities, and on the facilities, we can look at it and we can see right there it says police department, electricity, police department, gas. You know what I mean? Something like that. Excellent. Excellent.
3: All right. Any more questions for the chief? All
0: right, Mr. President. can I just yes, clarify one point. Or add a uh, uh, point uh, that. Uh, Councilor Diaz had asked me about uh, when the public wants to um, make known a complaint or something. I, I also wanted to mention that the, through the city we have a civil rights uh, complaint um, process that's been put in place. It can run both dual through the city itself or with the police department. We have a police officer who is a civil rights officer. He's well trained in this. And I just thought not just to clarify that question for you, but because the public is listening, that they should know that that's up there and available to. So I just wanted to make sure we added that uh, onto that. Thank you.
3: All right. Any further questions for the chief? Chief and your staff and your men and women, thank you very much for the service you provide to our community. I thank
0: you all for for tonight uh, and the ability to uh, present my budget and to sort of explain a little bit about what the police department does. So, very much appreciated. Thank you. I appreciate my staff. And lastly, of course, the community owes a great debt to the men and women who work in this police department and, and i support them fully uh, the way they're going are we doing traffic supervisors
3: um i think oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, i think it's very easy
0: <laughs>
7: mr um, president just if yes. i could just at this point because it's you know this has been two and a half hours i, I think at this point we're, we're yes. done with the police side that we should allow for some public input uh, um, I, I know we have uh Dave McKillop here. Then we have Gene Nuzzo that took the time to come up. I'm sure there may be people uh, on uh, Zoom that may have a question. If not, we can move on. But I, I think we should take some public input. I don't see any hands up here. So that, that's fine. I don't know if anyone here does. I if know, not, we we'll, uh, we'll uh, move on.
5: Okay. I know Officer McGilbrey from uh, the
3: police department is here as well. But, um, um, it looks like the, the traffic supervisors, that's on page uh, 159, if I'm not mistaken. Page 159. Um, it looks kind of identical to the other page. Chief? Uh, Alicia?
6: That is correct. That's been updated. It was linked to the police. It's now been linked in the live public version to the traffic supervisors.
3: So if you... Course, there is nothing to the traffic there is nothing for the traffic supervisors, uh, Alicia.
6: Right.
3: The traffic supervisors should be
6: the total should be three thirty four three fifty for uh, fiscal year twenty two. Uh, yeah.
3: Where would we find that uh, in this budget? here?
6: Oh, your printout has been updated, so I'll have to give you a, a new printed copy. Can you make a
5: copy? May make sense to um, allow Alicia to share a screen, yeah. and then we yeah, can the share letter a screen that? of that.
6: Yes. Hold on. Let me just get the live version up. are you able to see my screen
3: okay yeah that's great if you can go out so i can read it off to them sure uh okay you stop right there uh all right traffic supervisors um, budget it was. Uh, traffic supervisor, full-time salary, $18,400. No change from last year. Traffic supervisor, part-time salary, three hundred and three thousand five hundred eleven percent increase. Um, traffic supervisor, uh, longevity, $9,800, uh, down 8%. Traffic supervisor sick leave, uh, twenty-six hundred dollars, uh, up eighteen uh, percent. Total uh, personnel expenses, three hundred thirty-four thousand uh, three hundred fifty dollars. Uh, budget increase of seventeen point five percent. Ordinary expenses. Please, can you give me a little uh, sc- scroll up a little bit? Sure. No, oh, the other way. This way. Yeah. Uh, uh, a little more. All right, here we go. Um, ordinary expenses. Uh, traffic supervisor's clothing, $11,000. No change from my share. Total no ordinary expenses, uh, $11,000. Total for the traffic supervisors, $345,350. $345, up 16.9%. Uh, any questions in regards to the traffic supervisors?
5: thank you for sharing that screen. Mr. President, I, for one, feel as the our traffic supervisors do an excellent job. Uh, They're certainly some of the most underappreciated public employees that we have here in the community. And um, I thank the administration for continuing to make a commitment um, to their usefulness and uh, their longevity here in the community. Um, Nicole at the Brooks has been great for, for my family and my son. Uh, she's, she's awesome. And um, I can't thank, uh, thank them enough for the work they do. Thank you. Mr. All right, President, um, Mr. President. Councilor Mox
7: just if I could and I bring this up every year for the past number of years Uh, and Chief I think I asked you this last year Um, one of the biggest concerns I hear from traffic supervisors is the inability to communicate directly with the police department and as you know many of these traffic supervisors put themselves on the on the front line more or less right they're stopping cars and they're crossing our children and so forth and uh, I think it would be helpful. I know most people nowadays have a cell phone, but I think they have some type of handheld device, a two-way walkie-talkie that directly hooks up. So if, if there's a, an incident there that they are boom, they're, they're on, they press a button, boom, they're in the, we need a wagon. We need EMF, we need something, whatever it might be. You know, in the past, we've had traffic supervisors uh, critically injured. Um, and so it's a dangerous job, and it's also a very important job. And I think that communication, that split set communication where they can give you a license plate immediately if, if someone runs through a red light or if someone hit a child or whatever it might be. I just think that communication is vital, Chief. I, I don't think it's a big ticket item.
0: And, uh, you know, I think it's a valid point. And I, again, I don't remember what my answer was last year, but I, I'm pretty sure it, it's similar to what I'm going to say now is, We've gone through a whole process of, of, of uh, new equipment for this new building. We still have our old equipment, including some of the older radios. Uh, and the plan had all had been all along to, to look into the feasibility of using them uh, with restricted channels, et cetera, to contact the police department and um, you know, provide that sort of communication. Of course, then the world changed and COVID hit. Um, and, and everything, so it, it's sort of still on the, the back burner with everything that's going on, but it, it's it's a good reminder for what we're looking at and something to sort of think about. if you could, Chief. Yep. I think it would go a long way for you know uh,
7: just improving communications. Yep. Thank yep. you. That's that's excellent. That's.
3: Okay, uh, Bill Giulio has his hand up, Mr. Clerk. Could you uh unmute Bill Giulio, Mr. Clerk? Uh, If you can unmute Bill Giglio. Hi, can you hear me? Hi, Bill. Uh, Name and address of the record, please.
8: Yes, uh, Bill uh, Giglio, Winterp Street, Medford. Um, First, I want to thank, can you hear me? We can hear you. Okay. Now, I just want to thank Chief Buckley for all he does. Um, He really does do a good job as well as his officers. So my question, actually, my comment is, one of the um, committee members that sits on this committee, I won't say who, Uh, claims that um, being a police officer is not one of the 10 top dangerous jobs in injury or death. Now, obviously we know that we just had two police officers uh, killed over the weekend and two shot. I just want uh, Chief Buckley's thought on that. And it is quoted, by the way.
0: Chief? Thank you for the comments, thank you for the questions. Um, The job of police officers, especially in this day, is probably the most difficult job. Uh, it's getting worse. Uh, it is uh, absolutely a dangerous job in a lot of circumstances. But we, mm-hmm. one of the things we're pushing for is to do uh, to train and to protect our officers. But uh, sometimes we gauge how dangerous a job is simply by you know the violence they may encounter on the job. That certainly is prevalent in uh, policing. But in addition I think some of the untold uh, damages that come is to police officers mental health but the suicide rate for police officers in this country now is at extreme levels the ke- the, the, the lack of, of uh, uh, conscious care for their own mental health and their well-being takes home and has impacts on families uh, in addition to the you know the 23 years I can tell you right now how you know I've been assaulted I've been uh, you know, kick the bit and, and spit on. It's just a difficult job all around. And it's, it's how you gauge the level of dangerousness. But every police officer in this country wakes up, goes to work with the best of intentions. But there aren't many people who put ballistic armor on their body when they go out to work. It is.
8: Right.
0: And
8: well, uh, speaking for myself, we, we thank you. Um, I would almost put uh, police, firefighters, and EMTs at probably one of the top dangerous jobs. Um, and and again, that's just my opinion. Other people have other opinions. But uh, Chief Buckley, thank you uh, very much. And thank you, Whole Force. Um, you guys are really great. I don't ever believe in defunding you. I actually believe in funding you even more. Thank you very much. All
3: All right, right, thank you, sir. Mike um, uh, Caldera. All right, now, name address, and address of the record, please. Mr. Clerk, could you unmute Mike
8: uh, Caldera? Hi, uh, Mike Caldera, 33 Governor's Ave. Um, I just wanted to let you know that there's apparently some residents
1: that are outside City Hall that wanted to participate that are locked out.
3: Can, front can- the front door should be open. City Hall is open. I heard they're locked out, so... I, I just wanted
9: to make sure they're... Mr. President, I'll run down the hall and check right now. Okay. okay. Thank you.
3: Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll send someone down there right now. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Eric Dalbeck. Mr. Clerk, uh, Eric Dalbeck. Eric? I mean, Aaron, I'm sorry, Aaron Dalbeck. Dahl, I'm sorry. Aaron, uh, name and address of the record, please. Mr. Clerk, can you, uh, hold on, Erin, hold on one second. Mr. Clerk, can you unmute, Erin? Uh, Aaron?
2: I, Aaron, I think I'm unmuted.
3: Name and address on the record, please.
2: Um, 75 Lincoln Street in Medford, Erin Dalbeck. Um, sure. I'm just calling, I was interested in hearing um, what type of training is available to the officers. Um, I know that there is, um, I know that our officers are being told that they can be bystanders um, if they see another officer doing something on the job that you know they don't agree with. So I was wondering what type of training is available and if there's more funding that is needed for for officers. Thank you
0: for the question. Um, So Georgetown University has actually come up with a uh, a brand new uh, new training program called ABLE. It's Active Bystandership for Law Enforcement. Uh, It it is our intent to get involved in that program uh, at at whatever level we can. Uh, If you just Google uh, ABLE and Georgetown University, you'll be able to look into the program yourself. I was recently talking with the Lawrence Chief of Police, and he's undergoing uh, he's putting a number of police officers in there to become instructors for this able program, and we could use their use their sort of uh, services and, and training our officers and uh, the potential for us to go to these classes uh, within this upcoming fiscal year. so uh, great question and it is uh, you know it's all obviously a, a new part of police reform and it's something that we are as far as funding we we believe we have the money to cover that
3: that sort of. Training.
2: Awesome, thank you.
3: Thank you Thank you, Erin. Um, I'll wait to see if, if somebody else I want, wants to uh, shoot. Good evening. Uh, name address at the record, please.
2: Thank you. Now that they've put up a microphone, I'll, um, I'll speak to not disturb you guys. I want to thank you for your hard work um, and echo the sentiments of the city council. Things that were very helpful to understand the attrition that you face with retirements and folks feeling like they need to leave. It was really encouraging to hear your thoughtful approach to replacement and your considerations during the pandemic and your staffing. Um, I know that we're in a downturn right now. You didn't speak specifically towards, uh, if we have an uptick, Uh, if you follow along with the science currently, we're hearing that the new Delta variant is having less of um, the, the, the vaccines are having a less of an impact. So it looks like there could be a potential that might arise in the future. And I wonder, as you're looking at your your headcounts and, and your staffing, if you feel like um, with that attrition and the replacement that you're posing, we start to look at potential shifting of funds and looking at things differently. Um, if you feel like that is going to be something that's going to be able to handle with the staff you have, or do you think you'll need some type of supplemental pandemic response? uh, if we do come into a period where we go back to where we were before. Good,
0: good, good. And yeah, good and thoughtful question. Um, you know, when the pandemic, none of us had experienced it. And so was a lot of learning and we put a lot of plans in place and, and, uh, it took us a lot of time to adjust. And, uh, I think that in and of itself and how we've adjusted and how we've been able to handle it, that we would be able to handle and and manage if there is an uptick. And, uh, you know, that goes for the partnerships that we have with fire and EMS, right. And we've sort of worked out how we handle these calls these days and uh, and especially with the board of health. So, you know, again, I agree with you knock on wood, um, you you know, vaccinations out there. um, I don't have, uh, don't, want to publicly get into specific but a lot of my police officers get vaccinated. and We feel very comfortable about um, our abilities to handle if this upticks again
2: at this time. And I think we've all gotten much better at social distancing and hand cleaning. And all.
0: Yes, and, I agree with that, yes.
2: And then I think the other point that I just wanted to raise, I've heard a lot about how dangerous jobs are and how there are other dangerous jobs. I've kind of given it some thought. And I'd just like to put forth for consideration in other jobs, like the most dangerous is the logger. And then there are construction jobs that are very dangerous. And the approach they take in those fields is they're able to either engineer out the potential risk or mitigate through protective gear, et cetera. You don't have that kind of opportunity as a first responder. And so I was excited to hear that you guys are working to think outside the box and some of the conversations that are happening and looking to reach out to partner with social workers and things like that so it's, it feels like a pseudo-engineering yeah. and i was i was glad to hear that you guys are thinking of that stuff well, well
0: thank you and like i said the job of a police officer and law enforcement and, and uh, uh all public safety is advancing right so there's a lot of science that's helping us up because we're learning we're learning how to handle things better and so we are to so, so thank you
2: thank you i appreciate the detailed information appreciate it
3: thank you all right chief thank you very much uh dave did you want to speak And and then we'll, uh, that'll be it for the Chief. Should I shrink or do
9: First Chief, I wanna say you did a fantastic job articulating exactly what the police department is going through uh, right now and working so hard to try and make it better. So kudos to you and the entire team. Fantastic job. On
0: behalf of my officers and staff, thank you.
9: Thank you. Uh, I actually have two questions. The first question is, unless I missed it, because it's near and dear to my heart, the a line item for maintenance for the new building is there a maintenance line item for the new building because even though it's brand new today it will not be brand new tomorrow and how do we help the police department sustain this beautiful building and keep it that way for the next 20 years without a line item for that maintenance it will not be the same building it is today 20 years from now and then the second question i have if you want to answer the first
3: question. I, Dave, I, I think further in the budget, I think uh, I think the mayor has in there a, a maintenance uh, person, something that we've been asking for for many years. So I think that question will get answered uh, a little further in the budget. And and the point of information, information that
0: did, the chief did, we do have a maintenance person in yeah, the building. A person. I'm does. talking about the actual maintenance right, for the and building. That, and that was asked with the facilities and the... The infrastructure that's needed, the high tech infrastructure that we discussed, that right. that's part of the facilities. Uh, and, and, and we historically uh, have yeah. had funds for that, and then now we're just facilities maintenance. Yeah, so right. but, okay. it, with the money's there to provide for the upkeep and take this
9: book. Excellent. So the second question I have is more of um, looking into the future, five years down the road from now. Everything that is being developed in the city of Medford um, that is being developed, with the amount of people that are coming into the city, live and enjoy this beautiful town city what is the what is the projected plan for the size of the staff of your team because right now you're kind of doing that influx not unlike what um council falco said where you know you're bringing in nine but you're losing 10 and you're in four but you're losing six vice versa every single year how do we get more proactive and it, and this goes in, in in contrast to the whole 10 percent discount and defund and everything else how do you get more proactive for five, 10 years down the road when you have an additional 10, 15, 20, 30,000 people? This is something I brought up four years ago. What do we do to be proactive for that?
0: I Thank think you. you I, I think you're 100% right. The city is growing uh, in a number of different areas, not just in, in, in housing that's coming in here, but if you just look at the east side of Medford and the Wellington area, uh, the, 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 the amount of businesses and, and residents that are going in there, uh, that is probably the biggest strain on our police services and probably similar to the fight about, it, although I can't speak for them. Um, we come up with different staffing plans, right? So, other areas, you know, we, we not just do a good job of policing, but have, you know, require, I would never say require less police services, right? But I, I could be able to divert some. But ultimately, within the five year period, there has to be a conversation on public safety staffing and going forward and to to deal with the increased uh, population and businesses. and, and the traffic concerns that are coming into the city because they increasing also.
9: So that kind of goes back to the administrative and the council is there an opportunity to have that conversation a proactive conversation, not just a year-to-year conversation about the same budget but a proactive conversation about a budget five years down the road, ten years down the road and I know that's part of capital plan, it may not maybe, may not be, but that's part of a conversation that needs to be had for both the police and the fire and many other municipalities DPW, you know, so thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. Point of information, Mr. President. What information comes to I Just want to add, I think we did request that there be itemizations within the facilities under DPW so we can see that money is going to the police building and we can actually see what that money is. And I would just say to Mr. McKillop's point, it's police fire, it's the whole city. What are our needs? What is the gap? How do we get there? And those are questions that we haven't answered in a long time. So I think we need to find those answers.
3: Thank you, Councilman Chief, thank you very much. Uh, Mr. McGilvery. did you want to speak?
4: <laughs> no, questions.
7: no questions for the Chief. But
10: Harry McGilvery, for Piedmont Road, Medford, so I do live in the city. Um, a lot of talk here tonight about the dangerousness of the job. We appreciate all the comments, but we know what our job is. We signed up for it. We know it's dangerous. We don't need um, people to tell us it's dangerous or people to tell us it's not dangerous. We know what the inherent dangers are. I've lived through it. We have uh, members of our department that have, have lived through even even worse tragedies. So um, I became union, uh, union secretary. He was union president at the time. Um, in 2002, 2003, we had 105 patrol officers. We've gone as low as 59. We're at 67 now. That's a dangerously low amount of patrol officers. We need to increase that. The last administration promised us 85 patrol officers. That was going to be the... The absolute bottom, uh, that was going to be the seller. Um, we, we still have not come to that number. Cruisers, yep, we need to start looking at the fleet. We haven't had uh, upgrades in the fleet in a couple of years. The police station is great. It needs to be maintained. That was probably the problem with the last police department, the last building, and a lot of the buildings in the city. So this body has always been very supportive of us. and We appreciate it. Um, But we need that support citywide. We need that support, the school department. We need that support citywide. It doesn't help when uh, elected officials or our children are in schools and they're hearing bad things about the police department. Police department, we're here to help. We wanna be part of the solution. We're the good guys. We're not the bad guys. We're the good guys. And we need the support of the community to help us do our job. This community wants to be safe. I know that I live here. My kids go to school here. I have a lot of friends in the community. People want us out there. They want to feel safe. Thank you for the support.
4: Thank you. Thank you. I have question. Um, just, Officer McGillivray just mentioned the number. I think he said 67 for patrol officers. I just want to make sure I'm understanding because the budget request is to bring it to 85. What is the number? Just, that's, just so 67 is current,
0: what we have Okay, now. 67
4: yep. is current, gotcha.
3: Have, have, okay. have, yep. 85 is the number that we were promised that we've never maintained.
4: Okay, understand. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you.
3: Chief, and your department, Thank you for your service, and thank you very much for coming to see Thank you all very much. Appreciate and uh, we're going to ta- take a brief recess for a couple of minutes. And Mike Caldera, for the record, uh, the front doors are open, and there is no one outside. They were—they never—they have—they have not locked. We'll, we'll take a brief uh, five-minute recess, and then we'll, we'll move on.
0: They've all been level funded off last year's.
3: Okay. All right, so boards and commissions are on page 243.
6: yellow all boards and commissions have been level funded except for the consumer advisory commission on page
3: 252
6: okay okay. they went up by ten thousand dollars and the reason uh we added ten thousand dollars to the salary for the consumer advisory board is their grant got cut by ten thousand so we wanted to make sure that they could still deliver the same services to the citizens despite the fact (laughs) they got their grant funding cut
3: okay What did they
5: get in 20 for actuals alicia uh
6: let me go look
5: thank you actually i got last year's budgetary i might be able to see it myself
6: now do you want their grant funding you asking me as far as what they spent out of their um supplies line for last year
5: I think what I just want to see is what the overall is. I mean, where the grant got cut by 10 grand and we're supplementing it by 10 grand. I know at one point, I think we gave them a, or they might've asked for 30,000 at one point. I think we might've given close to that, um, but I might be mistaken. Um, 150.
6: to 2020. By phone, to by department.
5: Uh, Twenty was nothing. Nothing out of the general fund.
3: Is, uh, is everyone satisfied with the uh, uh, the commissions? There, do we have any questions on any department heads on any departments, best? Um,
1: It's more of a comment, and I understand the fiscal position we're in. I yep. do think, in general, um, in the future, we should think about how we can provide stipends for additional boards and commissions. Um, it does. Really make it more accessible to people who may not otherwise be able to participate um, due to having to take another job or.
3: You want to make that part of the record?
1: Um. Yeah, you can put it in the
3: record. Mr. I'm just Clerk, can you make that part of the record? Will do. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, so, do we have any further discussion on uh, boards or commissions? Everybody good on board. Everybody good on boards and commissions. Okay. Let's move on to uh, any. Hold on one second, Mr. President. Historical Commission $35,000. Hold on a second, Mr. Yes, Historical
6: Commission is $35,050. Okay. The same as fiscal 21.
5: What are they using this money for? I mean, we've been waiting for the Medford Square Historic District now for three years. Tell so you correct work yeah so their so, but their budget's 5000 their budget's 5000 bucks and the historic commissions is 35000 oh.
10: yeah
5: i mean yeah. yeah i mean the way that that the the role that they have right now in the issuance of building permits and stuff like that is getting crazy. And I think that it might be time that we look at, you know, establishing some parameters that define, you know, qualifications for individuals that serve on the commission. Um, and also maybe potentially looking at uh, what they would call term limits for uh, the commission as well. Um, I certainly will not have a problem level funding the position this time. It's more of an operations thing as opposed to a funding, a funding issue. But um, I do have some serious concerns over the way that, uh, handling certain building permit aspects in this community and it feels those have an impact on our ability to generate revenues um so with that being said i'll rest my case on this topic until a later date
3: Uh, council falco do you have a question
4: Uh, thank you mr president i just had one question that was um on the as you go down the line items under ordinary expenses there is a uh ordinary expenses called unclassified for sixteen thousand dollars do we know what unclassified could, could uh
6: at least you, are you able yeah. to yeah, define- it, So the 5780 could be called unclassified or other expense where it just doesn't fit in a specific bucket. But I'd be happy to reach out to the Historical Commission for them to break out what they're spending the money on. Okay, that's fine.
3: I'm just curious. Thank you. Any further questions?
5: Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be reflected in our warrant articles?
4: You could see, you could
6: see their spending on and the warrant articles I pen you I send you each month if they spent out of that yes you could see what they're spending on yes I could do that too by year right.
3: Thank you thank you very much thank you. okay any more questions on the on the boards of commissions All right hearing hearing none let's move on to uh, pensions page 283. Pensions okay We're doing well <clears throat> We're doing well pension. okay so. Um under the expenditures for the pension department, the retirement contributory eighty-five thousand dollars, which is the same as last year. Uh retirement contributory uh what um thirteen million two hundred and fifty one thousand four hundred and fourteen dollars up six point nine percent. Total personnel expenses $13,336,414, 6.9% $13,336,414, 6.9% increase. Any any comments for the retirement board?
7: Mr. President.
3: Councilor Mox. I just had a
7: question regarding the unfunded uh, liability. Do, do we know where we stand, do you
3: know where we stand with
7: the uh, unfunded liability and what year does that have to be paid down by?
6: I believe without looking at the, I'd have to pull the report up, but I believe it has to be paid off and we're way, way beyond it, like 2042 or 2040. And I believe we're done by 2031 or 32, but I want to pull the um, pension report.
7: Are you, are you able to tell us what we have outstanding? Yes, I'm just, I just want to pull it. That was
0: June 1,
6: 2020s. <laughs> <laughs> I, <don't
2: know. laughs> I think I to
4: put you
7: If, if you can't find it right now, uh, you know, we can get it at the next meeting. That's fine. Yeah.
6: Our unfunded actuarial accrued liability is $129,504,904. $129,504. Yep, 904.
3: 904.
6: That's on page, yep, that's on page 52 of the budget book. What, what, what page? 52. 52. We are 61.3% funded. Um, in January 118 we were 68.1% funded. Uh, one of the things we had to do was lower our actuarial rate of return. So we had it at 7.5. It's gone down to 7.25. Um, we're following what PARAC is doing. And we also made a change to our uh, mortality tables and the way that is done, and that made an effect as well on the way the funding is. Um, and then if you look, you also can see what the, uh, pe- the pension appropriation forecast is going forward, and that we will be fully funded. Actually, the year will be 2033 is the year we fully funded.
7: So, so if I could just ask you, uh, it, as you can see, uh, it, it goes from uh, 133000 in year 21, which we're in now, to year 33, $8,593. Why, why wouldn't we, is, is there a reason why we won't want to pay this off quicker? Is there any fees associated with uh, having this linger? Or uh, is it something that we could carry out even longer? Uh, we
6: don't uh, want to carry explain. out longer. The issue... The, the the problem is the rate of return. I mean, if you're getting you're getting seven and a half percent or eight percent rate of return on your investment, and then the market crashes, and now you're getting six or five. We thought we would have been fully funded, in, you know, 2031, and then you hit a recession. Now we're in 2033. It's just it's indicative of what happened with the market and with COVID. So. Um no there's not a problem if I could pay it off faster I certainly would want to but as you can see the number goes up every single year it's extremely high so your cost is 12 you know 12.9 million 14 million 15 million 16 million 17 almost 18 19 20 22 24 25 28 30 million till we finally brush off at 12 and then you're back at a normal funding so it's just the city can't can't take that that hit that high without cutting into services. And that's why it's it's not being paid off faster.
0: Right,
7: and, and how long have we been paying this off with these figures? Any I, idea?
6: I'd have to go back and look at that. I don't have that information in front of me.
7: So is it fair to say in 2020, uh, we, we uh, the unfunded accrued liability was similar to 2021?
6: it changes based on our actual return and it and it changes based on different assumptions and we changed our assumptions so if i told the actuarial tomorrow we're actually going to get 7.5 this table is going to change completely we just changed it right now we lowered what we expect to get for a return and that's why the table went down and went to another
3: year okay and alicia i'm sure i'm Thank you. sure good that goes up with the amount of people that are retiring from the city, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, are, are, are the new employees, do, do they pay in a higher rate than the older employees that are here? Correct. Yes, they yeah. do. They are paying a higher rate though. So, so they can catch up at some point. It, it, it's it's
6: uh, it's by statute. So yes. And it, it tells you based on what year, what their, what their rate of contributing is. Yes. But so it's the higher rate for the new employees. Uh,
3: thank you. Um, I'm good, thank you. Any more questions for uh, Alicia on the pensions? Everybody good for the pensions? All right, we're going to move on to uh, the bonds, which are on page um, uh, 289. Am I correct, Alicia? Um,
6: You can go to page 289. I'm in the back if you want to look at the expense breakdown, and you're looking at age 49, you
3: said? Okay, so we'll we'll start on 289. we we'll start on 289 first. <clears throat> yeah,
4: 289.
3: 289. All right. So, 286.
6: Um, 286. 286 is the beginning. Yes. My apologies. There
3: you go. Okay. It starts on 286, but the actual numbers for us start on, um, uh, start on page 288, which will go with the. Uh, all right this is for i, I think it's 286 for the uh, the water and sewer enterprise yes okay so we'll start with that one first so the debt interest and in notes uh for fiscal year 2022 is ten thousand dollars zero change from last year the debt interest in bonds is $2,376,415, uh, up 0.3%. The debt principal in bonds is uh, $2,992,500, which is down 49%. The total general fund is $5,378,915, at uh, which is down 35% from last year. Uh, enterprise funds uh, water and sewer uh, debt interest in bonds one hundred sixteen thousand one hundred eighty eight dollars down six point seven percent debt bond, debt principal and bonds uh, nine hundred seventeen thousand five hundred eighteen dollars down twenty point two percent total of the water and sewer enterprise um, one million thirty three dollars seven hundred six thousand which is down eighteen point nine percent 100%. Questions for Alicia on, uh, on the water and sewer enterprise. Oh, okay. Councilor Bass.
1: This is the general fund in the water and sewer enterprise, correct?
3: Uh, yes, yeah, so we're on page uh, 288. Okay. Yeah, I have,
1: I have a question. It might actually be for Mr. Rodriguez. Um, it looks to me like there's a pretty significant, I mean, I, and I think it's explained in it here MSBA, some big loans that we took out a long time ago are coming off finally. Um, but you know, our debt service, we're going from, we're going down $3 million in debt service. So um, is it fair to say that we're using money that maybe could go towards additional debt service towards you know go expenditures in this, this fiscal year?
4: No,
6: actually we were getting, when that school debt service was on, that that you're seeing that money that ate, we were getting a payment of 3,172,025. And if you take that eight and you subtract the three you're at five
3: great got it thank you okay uh any council welcome thank you mr president
4: Alicia, do we have a breakdown of the uh like the, the bond payoffs
6: i i can absolutely produce that i have a schedule that i have if you need
4: yes you can, okay I, I think that'd be uh beneficial to everyone just to kind of just to see a breakdown of what you know, what we're paying off and how much is left, that type of thing. So,
3: so you can provide us with something with that? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Uh, any further questions for Alicia on that one? All right, we'll go on to page uh, 289. Um, uh, ex- uh, expenditures. Um, other other financing. Debt interest notes. Uh, $10,000. dollars zero zero change. Uh, debt interest in bonds. Uh, 2376415 down 3%, I mean, up 3%. Uh, dead interest and principal bonds, two million nine ninety-two, two five two million nine hundred and ninety-two, million uh, nine hundred ninety-two, five hundred thousand, forty-nine percent uh, I think this is the same page as the other one, am I correct, or- You or- are the- correct,
6: yeah. It's- it seems to be a duplicate table.
3: Okay, duplicate table, All right, so we don't need that. All right. Um, so, any other questions? uh on that part any further questions mr president council (coughs) Max. uh i I know the capital
7: plan had um a number of uh expenditures uh and uh, can you tell us alicia if there's anything in this current budget that deals with bonding for uh capital the capital improvement plan that was submitted by the mayor
6: uh I'm not completely sure of council marks. I'd have to double check. That. I know there's no borrowing, nothing in here that we would be borrowing for, but I don't know if any of the pay go is in where, where it is in here. I'd have to pull it out, but I do want to point out, um, there is also revolving fund debt service, which is on page 293 and debt outstanding as of June 30th, 2020 on page 295.
7: So can you provide us uh, if there is a list of uh, what is uh, uh, being bonded in the capital uh, improvement plan? Yes.
6: Yes, the $10,000 you saw that that, uh, estimated in there is if we um, decided to do a bond anticipation note as uh, the mayor talked about for the uh, fire station headquarters. So that's that's one of the things that's in there, but uh, other items I'd have to look.
7: Okay, that would be helpful if we could provide that. Okay. Uh, any
3: further questions on bonds and interests? Actually, if if, if, I, if I may, really quick, so Councilor oh, Alicia, do we have um?
4: So you gonna be able to pro- Can you provide us with a detailed spreadsheet of current and future debt payoffs? Yes. Uh,
6: yes. I mean, we I can give you what we have issued. Not not um future that we haven't done but what we have actually issued i can yes
3: okay okay good. any further any further questions on insurance good not insurance, right insurance on the debt on the uh, bonds and interest
1: uh just one more question um, on the school roof projects how many which schools are we replacing it's uh, under the bond issue that went out in august 2020
6: On the three point on the 3.1 million that we were getting msba money you're asking me for uh, which one no, of those
1: no, on? sorry it's the um it's on that uh, page 294 uh, it mentions that uh, on august 5th 2020 we received competitive bids for a 16 million 15 dollar, fifteen million million eight hundred and forty thousand dollar bond issue yes. and then it says
6: uh yep so that was um i believe the andrews
3: roof
1: okay Got it. Thank you.
3: Okay. Any further questions? All right. We'll move on to um, insurance on page 281. Expenditures. Benefits, insurance, insurance, personal expenses. Okay. Medicare for the city. um, $632,167 up 11.6%. Medicare for the school, $986,000, up 9.9%. Insurance, health, life, and dental, $24,132,828, up 7.6%. Insurance, unemployment, $80,000, up 77.8%. Fringe benefits, for employees, 34000 uh, same as last year, no, no raise. Total personal expenses, $25,864,995, up 7.9%. Uh, okay, uh, property insurance, uh, 98000 up 0.4%. Insurance premiums, $294,500 up 16.2%. Police liability, $191,766 up 4%. Total ordinary expenses, $584,666 up 9.1%. Total insurance, Twenty-six million four hundred forty-nine dollars and six hundred sixty-one dollars, up percent, up eight percent. Total benefits insurance: twenty-six thousand four nine nine six six one, up eight percent. Questions on insurance? President, Councilor uh Fox.
7: Thank you, Mr. President. Um, Alicia, what percent of the uh, under insurance—health, life, dental—the twenty-four million? is uh, municipal compared to school employees?
6: So I have on that for the health insurance this year, I have projected 56%, which is 1,188 school members. On the dental insurance, I have 941 school members projected at 54%. Life insurance in, is in there at 70,000. I didn't break that out. Um, insurance opt out is 56,000, which is eight school employees, six city employees, and the FSA match, um, which is between um, the 148 800,000, which is um, 103, 103, 800, I believe, for the school and 45,000 for the city. And so, then, so yep,
7: uh, I'm sorry. Go
6: ahead. I'm sorry. So uh, I just want to elaborate for the fringe. That's the employee assistance program that 34,000. That's what the fringe stands for on the 294,000 for prop. That is for um, the actual property insurance for your insurance premiums for the 294, dollars four is for your automotive and then 191, 766 is the, police and public officials liability.
7: So, so Alicia, we're looking at a, a little better on the health insurance. If you do health and dental, just say, we're looking at a little better than about $12 million that we're absorbing on the city side for uh, school health insurance right. and dental yep. insurance.
6: Correct, and I, I did a, a, a chart breakdown showing that, if I can find the page. Um, so I wanted your honorable body to see a breakdown of the schools this year. Um it is on page 67. And on page 67, you'll see a graph um, showing our required contribution of 48 million seven hundred nine, two fifty-nine, then chapter seventy-eight of twelve million two seventy-five, seven hundred twenty-six. additional aid we're giving the schools. Health insurance of 12,873,050. Dental insurance of 465,717. Medford Public Schools administrative pension is 1,987,712 of our pension cost. Workers compensation 200,000 and Medicare at 986,000. That does not include snow and ice. Um, we do also pay for, out of our snow and ice budget for the schools too. But I didn't include that in the graph because we don't know what that is and it changes year by year.
7: So, so Alicia, every year, the, I believe the school department goes through, I'm not sure if it's Medicaid or Medicare reimbursements. It's um, Medicaid. Medicaid does that money filter back to the city or does that stay with the schools
6: i would i would say it stays with the schools because we're funding the schools way above and beyond their minimum so medicaid would be is one of my revenue offsets and my local receipts and that also goes towards the schools
7: right and and that covers what does that cover that's
6: that's the their sped billing and I've asked them about that. Um, I noticed this year it was dwindling down, and it has seemed it has for the past two years been decreasing. Um, not sure why. Also, the payments aren't timely, so the schools are looking into that right now.
7: Right, but but it, 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 and the school department's responsible for the collection, right? They're, they're responsible for reaching out and doing the paperwork, correct?
6: I believe they outsource actually doing that, but they do work with another group. I believe it's called Shore Collaborative that helps them with doing that billing.
7: Right. And and over the years, uh, the uh, percent that we're actually getting back in reimbursement has dwindled, correct? Correct.
6: And one of the reasons why was the way the state changed the funding formula. So that's one of the reasons why it has decreased.
7: Okay, and does that have a direct impact on the city side?
6: The, the Medicaid going down? No, it's going to the schools.
7: It's, go, it's going to schools, but if they don't get, just say one yeah, year they so get 100,000. If it went to 000. zero,
6: yes, it would impact overall, yes. If it went to zero, it would be an impact. It would be a, a decrease to local receipts, yes.
7: Right, so, so are we having these conversations with the school side? I am. I have, I to have spoken the to the controller. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
6: Yes, I have spoken to the comptroller about this. And the comptroller is looking, on the school side, is looking into the Medicaid.
7: Okay, that, that would be helpful. I don't think as a council, we've discussed the issue of uh, the, the Medicaid reimbursement and so forth. But I know it's, it's always been an issue. It's not a giant dollar amount, but it, it's something that I think we need to have those discussions. Thank you. Hey, one other question: uh, Are we uh, negotiating the health insurance? Are, are we in the process of negotiating any, uh, any
0: uh, new health insurance contracts? The health insurance contracts. So, as part of the GIC, we receive our health insurance as part of their collaborative uh, with the PEC. Uh, we we do we do that periodically. Um, we have not renegotiated the rate split with the PEC uh, since January of 2020. Um, so that that's an, that's an agreement that uh, that's in play right now.
7: And that's done by individual unions, or is that
0: no? The public employee, uh, the public employee commission. It's a the collaboration of all the unions that are put together that we work with as part of plan design. When we moved over to the GIC, it was part of that that we that we work with them. We negotiate, uh, like Alicia said, the um, the buyout, the insurance buyout is part of that. The um, uh, the flex spending accounts are part of that, as well as the health insurance split. How much the city pays, how much the employee pays, is all part of that split. Uh, We're not able to negotiate the rate increases uh, to the individual plans because that's set by GIC.
7: Okay. And those costs have been steadily going up, right?
0: Yeah, every year. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. So we anticipate, um, and Alicia can speak to the the exact details of of how we calculated the the rate increase, but they're generally over 7% every year. that they been increasing the health insurance rates. As part of being in GIC, uh, employees get to pick any any number of six or eight plans uh, that fit their individual needs uh, or the family plan needs. we do have a lot of employees that pick some of the higher premium plans uh, so we do have a higher contribution level for those alicia has those those breakdowns and kind of how we how we arrived at those, those those
3: increases she's she's nailed that pretty good okay thank you mr president uh vice president knight um when shab
5: was handling the budget and uh, purchasing one of my big rubs was the fact that we don't put out to bid um, uh, personal property and liability insurance to see if we can get the best uh, deal. You know, when we have our own personal car insurance and our policy is about to expire, we usually go and shop it around. Um, and we haven't done that in um, years past, I don't believe. Um, is, has there been any um, efforts to shop, shop around um, the various carriers for uh, police liability, property insurance, and, and the like? Um, or are we continuing to use the same broker that we've used in the past?
6: We have had a discussion about it. Um, just one of the concerns is if someone just wants to get in, they could come really, really low, and then next year it could spike up, and I think that was one of um, Shab's main arguments, but um, that is definitely something we are looking at.
5: Shab's main argument was it's not required under the law, so I don't want to do it, I think, but um – Okay, um, that, that's something I'd like to see happen. I mean, even if they do come in low, then we just put it out again the next year. Maybe we get another low one and another low one. Uh, but it's quite an expenditure when you look at the, the budget. I mean, it's coming close to, uh, you know, the whole entire land end is about $26 million. Um, and that portion of it probably makes up, uh, you know, close to, close to a little over a million. So that's something that might be uh, beneficial um, in terms of cost savings in the future. Miss President?
3: uh based?
1: Um Alicia just to confirm and I think it's already been said the main driver of the increase in insurance is GIC rates going up every year. Is that correct?
6: Correct. Yeah, we they're just it's just the nature of our health insurance is
1: rising every
0: year. All right. And in the increase that was that was reflected inside uh, this past year uh, actually didn't take into account COVID related expenses either. So GIC the commission is working through that that particular point as well so the seven percent increase was just pretty much a normal increase that was COVID independent
1: yeah you know two and a half pales in comparison to seven so thank you
7: okay mr Uh, president just one more question council box what what incentives dave are we given for spousal insurance if you know if someone has spouse that has insurance are we given any incentive
0: to to get off the cities yeah we offer a buy-in for that um to the tune and alicia can correct can fill in the exact total i don't know what off the top of my head but we do offer a buyout. So if you're on currently on the city's insurance you're able to get off, we'll pay you to get off uh, because we, we'll see a savings in that
7: right. case. Do, do we know how many employees take advantage or is it something that people take advantage of? I think of? Alicia said about
0: it. Yeah, I did. Uh, depend- in the insurance, opt-out, eight
6: school, six city.
7: That's it? That's it. Uh, do, do you know what the buyout is?
6: Yeah, it depends. so you get a higher number if you... Um, go If you're opting out of a family and a lower number, if you're opting out of an individual. I believe uh, I'd have to pull the actual number for our opt-out,
7: just give me a second.
0: Our plans are very generous um, in terms of coverage and, and our contributions. So there's, there is a ton of incentive to get. Which, you,
7: which explains why.
0: Yeah. <laughs> why the numbers are so low. Unless you get different free somewhere else. There's <laughs> no savings. You don't, you don't have to
7: find that at least. There are cities and towns that have a 60 yeah.
0: 40, 50 50 split. We're wow. up at 83 and a half, 17. We're, we're pretty yeah. All right.
7: We're, we're, we're pretty good. Any yeah. further discussion yeah. for this evening? That's it. That's
0: it. I think she
3: fucked him up. He just texted me. He's on his way back. Right. He wants to talk for another 45 minutes. Fuck um, up. We have a motion on the floor. Motion returned. God, I hope Saturday. he doesn't hear that. Saturday morning at 8, eight thirty. No, on the motion by Councilor Bears to adjourn, second and by. Who's that who seconded that? Vice President Knight. Mr. Clark, please call the, the, uh, the roll to adjourn.
0: Councilor Falco. I'm sorry, Councilor Bears. Thank you. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Councilor Marks. I can't hear Councilor Marks. I can see him. Councilor Morrell. Yes,
6: Councilor- it's
3: all yes oh, yes. Yeah, I thought so, I just can't hear anything.
0: <laughs> Thanks.
3: Motion to adjourn. <laughs>